Hey, this is Micah Bosworth. I'm the pastor here at Ridgepoint, and this is our sermon podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this is an encouragement to you. Hope it helps to build your faith. And I hope it helps you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Hebrews chapter number 10, verses 38 and 39. We'll read those and then uh, we'll pray and dive into the message this morning. But it says this, the Bible says, Now, the just... The righteous, those who are made right with God, they're saved. Okay, that's who uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe, that have faith to the saving of the soul. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. And we ask now as we've opened your word, would you speak to us? Lord, would you... uh, Give us something that each and every one of us can apply to our lives. This year, Lord, as we strive to live by faith, but even, Lord, something small that we can take that step today and start living by faith today. What is the next step that each and every one of us need to take? Would you speak to us specifically in that aspect? And Lord, would you help and give us the grace and strength that we need to actually follow through and to apply what we hear today through your word? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you uh, have you ever had one of those by faith moments? And I know you know what I'm talking about. In like uh, you're you're changing your baby's diaper. They, you know they pooped. Okay. You know they they pooped in their diaper, and you haven't yet taken the pajamas off, and you're just praying that they didn't blow out. You know, and so you're just kind of opening the pajamas by faith. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, or like you're driving through. Uh, you're driving over a bridge that's kind of risky, or you're going through the fog. There's a lot of fog. Or if those of you who have seen our hill that we now live on, that I have to clear all the time, it, you show up to it and it's covered in snow, and you just gun it, hoping that you can get to the top by faith, right? You're just like by faith. I've said it a couple of times as I've gone up uh, trying to get up there. Uh, and of course, those are some silly uh, 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 illustrations of by faith moments that sometimes we're just like, well, don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to go through and do it. But uh, but what what does it really look like to live by faith? Like, what does it actually look like to have moments in our life where we take a next step for Christ and live by faith? The way I illustrate it would be like, think of a toddler who is uh, who's at like the top of a slide and they're looking down at their dad and their dad is saying, come down the slide. It's going to be fun. I promise. It's going to be fun. It's going to be safe. I'm right here to catch you when you come down. And the toddler actually goes down and trusts their dad going down the slide. That would be faith. The opposite of faith in that instance would be that the toddler looks at the dad and says, no, Right? I do not trust you. You're saying it'll be safe. I don't believe you. There's doubts about that. I see this big slide. You know, you say it's going to be fun, but I saw a kid fall off it yesterday. You know, whatever the case might be going on in their mind, there's doubts there, and it's keeping them from actually trusting what their dad is saying, and so they don't go down the slide. But here's the weird tendency 
in the Christian life, to make this metaphor on the spiritual side, is a lot of times in the Christian life, we're like that toddler at the top of the slide, where as a Christian, we look down the slide, we see our Heavenly Father in the next step of our life, and He's saying, come on, it's, go- it's safe, I promise, I'm here. Uh, I, I know you don't, you might not see the bottom of the slide, it's one of those twirly ones, you know? You you don't see the bottom, but I'm down here, you can, see, I, you can trust me, it's safe, it'll be fun, it'll be fulfilling, it'll be rewarding. And the weird tendency in Christianity is that we we look down the slide, we see our Heavenly Father, and we go, it will be fun, won't it? And then we don't do anything about it. I do trust you. It will be safe because you're down there. And then we don't take the step to go down the slide or take that next step to follow through with what God is calling us to do. And the reality is that's not really faith. Uh, see, there, there is this aspect of faith uh, that requires to do nothing. There is a, that aspect of faith, and, and we touched on that a lot last year in our theme in Christ, in the fact that uh, it, when it comes down to our salvation, we talked a lot about this, that we cannot do anything to gain righteousness uh, and gain entry into heaven of our own will and of our own work. We cannot do that. It is all by the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, and it is all us just trusting in his work to get us to heaven and his righteousness being added to our account. We talked a lot about that aspect of faith last year with our theme in Christ to see that even at the core of our identity, we cannot find true fulfillment and acceptance with God or with man by do, by looking to our roles and what we do in life or by following a certain set of rules. And we can't find it even on the other side. If you've been with us in our small group study of talking about not just the traditional side and uh, going through the rules and, and thinking that we gain acceptance by, uh, by God uh, or with God or any of that through what we do. Uh, on the opposite end, some people just completely reject all of the traditional rules and say, well, I define myself. And we found out you can't find it there either uh, by just defining yourself and making up your own identity. You, you can't find righteousness or fulfillment or any of that in that uh, at, at the core of our identity, who we are. It can only be truly found the, the fulfillment and the acceptance and everything can only be found in trusting what God says is true about you and resting in who you are in him. So there is this aspect of faith that requires us to do nothing but to trust. But there's also an aspect of faith that requires an action. In in order to live by faith, by trust in uh, in, in their dad, to go back to the illustration, uh, the kid actually has to display that trust by going down the slide, right? They, they, they can say with lip service all they want, I trust you, Dad, but until they slide down the slide to their dad, they're really not displaying faith or trust. And in the Christian life, there are some things that God tells us in his word that require us to have more than just lip service uh, to, uh, of, of trust in him, but to actually live by faith, we need to display our trust through an action. I think of the children of Israel in the Old Testament when they got to the Jordan River to go into the promised land and they were told cross in and the first two had to go in. It, it wasn't like the Red Sea where it, you know, right there in front of them and they saw, oh, dry ground. We walked at the Jordan River. It was step into the water. Then you'll find your path. 
Can you imagine being the first people to get ankle deep? Maybe it didn't go until they were waist deep. It doesn't tell us specifically. It just says that as they started walking in, then it started to uh, 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 split for them to cross over. But could you imagine that they could have said, we trust you, God. You can make a way through this river. We saw you do it before. You did it at the Red Sea. We know you can do it right here in the Jordan River. So do it. That's not what God asked them to do. He said, take the step and you'll see me do it. Sometimes God asks us to take a step of faith, actually fulfill an action of some kind in faith, in trust, and then to see him work. I think of Peter walking on the water. It would have been one thing for him to say, ask me to come out. And then Jesus says, come out. And he goes, great, I believe you. <laughs> and it's a totally different thing that he actually stepped out of the boat and started walking on water. Ultimately, we saw him fall. And then what did Jesus say when he fell? He said, why did you doubt? Oh, ye of little faith. It, it was a faith aspect even in that, uh, in that instance. I think of the man at the pool of Bethesda whom Jesus healed, the lame man. And he told him, rise up, take your bed and, and walk. Could, could you imagine the faith step that would take when for so many years... You had been laying down by a poolside. People had to bring you there because you couldn't get there by yourself. You couldn't walk. And some man says, rise up. And in faith, he believed that this Jesus, this guy who people were saying was the Messiah, he believed in Jesus's words. That was the faith, the, the lip service faith, okay, the, the aspect of just trust. And then the step it would have taken, the action required to take up his bed and start walking. And yet he was asked to do that in a display of faith. The man who was born blind, that Jesus said, go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. The same in fact, he didn't even see Jesus' face until much, much later that day, after he already uh, found his sight by washing in the pool of Siloam and went through the whole uh, questioning of the Pharisees. Are you actually born blind or are you faking the whole time? Because now you can see. And he goes all the way through and says, I don't look, this is all I know. I was born blind. But now I see. And the only difference between the two was that man named Jesus. And so I, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't even know the man, but I do know this. I was blind and now I see as a result of Jesus Christ. His faith in what Jesus said actually required an action. And he followed through with that action and saw God work. But it applies to us as well. We could say we have faith by saying, I believe that God empowers me when I witness. I, I believe that he can give the increase. When I sow and I water, and he, I, I believe he said he gives the increase, I believe he'll do it. I believe that he'll empower those who witness for him. But unless we actually take a step forward in faith and witness for him, then we won't actually see him work in those ways in our life. We need to actually uh, uh, take a step or an action many times with our faith to actually be defined as living by faith. So as important as it is to understand that we're saved not by our works and we're not sanctified by our works and we do not gain any more favor or acceptance from God uh, than we already have by doing more for him, as important as it is to understand that, it's equally important to understand that, uh, that those who are declared righteous, uh, that are just by God, those who are saved are not called to only be saved by faith, but to live by faith and to walk by faith each and every day. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is getting at in these verses. He's, he's speaking to some people who were going through hard times, persecution, some of them imprisonment. And as a result, some were going back to their old life. 
And, and, and as a result, some of them were actually leaving the faith altogether. And, and he's here urging his readers not to faint. In chapter 12, he says that you not be weird in your minds and that you not faint. He says, don't faint. Don't give up. In our verses today, he says, don't draw back. Don't turn back. And he, he's saying, I'm calling you to live by faith. Keep moving forward by faith. So let's take a few moments this morning. I just want us to see what the writer of Hebrews has to say to us about living by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. What does that mean for us? And the first thing I want us to see is in that word just. And it's this, that living by faith brings deliverance. If you notice that word just, the, the word is speaking about those made righteous through Jesus Christ. The, the writer of Hebrews had just spoken about salvation earlier in the chapter, uh, in chapter number 10. He talks about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, about the shedding of his blood, the laying down of his life in order to pay for the sins of the world. He talks about all of that. And this is the first step in living a life by faith. This is the first step that we would uh, that we would put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, coming to salvation by faith. Like Paul said in the book of uh, Ephesians when he said that uh, it, we're saved by grace through what faith, and not of yourselves. It's, it's the gift of God, not of any works, lest any man should boast. He says it's not by anything that you do. It is uh, by faith that you come to know Jesus Christ. In fact, two other times that this phrase, the just shall live by faith, shows up in the New Testament, is stated uh, in, in the idea of talking about the fact of salvation. In Romans, Paul said this, uh, this is the gospel. He says, the righteous, they live by faith. This is the gospel. He explains that Jesus came and died and rose from the dead. And then he overcame death. And the reason he had to die was that death was the payment for, for my sins, for your sins, for all of our sins. And Jesus and all of his righteousness will not just set our sins aside. So instead, he dealt with those sins by bringing them to the cross. And he receives uh, the, the death that you and I deserve. We, we see that in the gospel. And the book of Romans is a great unpacking of the gospel by the apostle Paul. And he, but then he says he rose from the dead. Because he's greater than our sins, and he's greater than the power of death. And in his resurrection, he now looks at us and says, here's my resurrection life, here's my righteousness. And in the gospel, we get to see the righteousness of God on display in the cross and through Jesus' life. But we also get to see the righteousness of God in our own lives. And we don't do that by our works, but by a faith in seeing what he did and in agreeing and receiving by faith his righteousness, by trusting what God has done and, that, and believing that that is enough. Uh, Paul says that in Romans. In Galatians, Paul is talking uh, to the, the, the church at Galatia and he's saying uh, that these, these people, uh, he's trying to help them deal with this tendency, I think in all of us, that we try to work to gain favor with God or to get uh, righteousness by uh, working before God in certain ways or following certain rules in order to be declared righteous. For them, it was specifically the Torah, the law that many of them were bringing into their life. And Paul said, that's a tendency that everyone goes to, but it actually traps us, is what he says in Galatians. He says, if we try to gain righteousness that way, it's actually going to trap us because we'll eventually fall 
uh, and will eventually fail at keeping those rules. Even the rules that we put, put there, like the rules that we added to think that we're gaining uh, acceptance by God by following those certain rules, we're eventually going to fail them in some way. And when we do, then we see that we actually aren't righteous. And Paul says, righteousness is not received by the keeping of law, by, by the keeping of the rules. Righteousness is received by faith. That's what he says in Galatians. That deliverance from our sins, salvation, is only received through faith. Not of any works that we do. Right? The, the just, the righteous, those who find deliverance from their sins. It's found in faith. By trusting Jesus Christ's work on the cross in faith. We're saved first by faith. That's the first step in our life by faith. The living by faith is trusting the work of Jesus Christ. That's the first step. Being saved by faith. But a life of faith doesn't stop at salvation. Or at least it shouldn't. Living faith uh, is an everyday thing. And the writer of Hebrews tells us that living by faith doesn't just bring us deliverance, righteousness, being just before God. Doesn't just bring us that, but that it also brings direction. It brings us direction. He says, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no ple has no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. He says... Those who are living by faith, they're going to be moving forward. There's a direction in their life, and it's not backwards. It's forward. It's moving forward. He says living by faith means going forward. We're not of them who draw back to a life of perdition. The, the word perdition there is a word that means ruin or loss or waste. Hey, what, what a great thought to bring out to these many people who are thinking about going back like others had to their old lives. He says, hey, we're not... Of them that draw back into a life of ruin and waste. We aren't those who retreat. The words draw back here. Uh, some have used this Greek word in other literature. They're in the context of drawing in your sail on your boat. To draw back. To draw in your sail on your boat. That, that you don't trust which way the wind is going to take you. So you draw in the sail so that you're more in control of the direction of the boat than the wind. And the writer of Hebrews here is saying, uh, that's not us. Those who live by faith, we don't draw in the sail just because we don't fully trust what God is doing in the direction that his wind might be taking us. We let it all out. We're not of them who draw back. We live by faith. We let out the sail on our boat and we trust which way God is taking us and we relinquish control on our lives. We don't draw in the sail. We let it all out. We trust this direction that God is taking us and we don't want to go back. We want to move Forward, and we will trust wherever forward is, wherever the Lord is taking us, we trust him. We live by faith. What a challenge for us this morning. Don't, don't retreat. Don't draw back. Don't shrink back into a life of sin and ruin and waste. Move forward for God and with God. That's what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. That, that this year... Maybe you'd say, man, I, I need to move forward in this specific area of my life. It might be, man, I, I've been going backward in my Bible reading. I, I've been doing less of it, and I should be doing more of it. Go forward in uh, this year. This year, I'm going to move forward in my Bible reading. Maybe it's in my prayer life. Man, I shrank back from that. I drew back from how much I used to pray. And I used to have the power of God, it seemed, every single day of my life. And I, I drew back into a life of, of busyness. And I didn't have time for prayer. And this year, I'm going to move forward in my prayer life. I'm going to move forward in, in telling people about Jesus. I, I, did, I did that less last year than I did the year before that because I, I pulled back on the reins. And instead, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to let it all out. And by faith, tell more people about Jesus this year 
than I did last year. I'm going to move forward by faith by telling people about Jesus. I'm going to move forward in leading my family. I'm going to move forward in being a representative of Christ at my workplace. This year, I'm going to more move forward in giving to God. Whatever the case might be, I'm not moving backward. I'm not drawing back into a life of waste. By faith, I have a direction, and that direction is moving forward. I'm going to move forward for the Lord. As the writer of Hebrews tells us to let out ourselves completely, we've got to know that that means if we truly understand what he what he's saying that amen it the the direction is forward you let out that sail and you you're the wind god he's going to take you okay he's going to take you forward in a, in a direction and you might not always know which direction that is you know it's forward because that's the way that he wants to take you but you might not actually know everywhere that leads and knowing that Knowing that you let the sail out, you let the wind take you where it's going to uh, go. That's full dependence upon the wind. And in the Christian life, if we if we move forward, we just let let out any control that we think we have in this life, and we say, God, you direct me, whatever that means in front of me. I, you got to know that living by faith is a life of dependence upon God, a life of dependence upon God. Not just a life of direction, although we might not always know which direction forward is, but we do know that if we let out ourselves, we let the Lord direct our steps, we let him take us where he's going to take us, it's going to be a life of dependence, a life of total dependence upon God. We're not of them that draw back, he says, but to them that believe to the saving of the soul. We're, we are those that believe. We have faith. To, to the saving of our own soul. We move forward in this life because we have faith and we believe in what he is doing. We don't fall back into a life of ruin and waste. We're of them that believe. We are of them that live with conviction about God. We, we trust and believe in who he is and what he does despite where that might take us. Listen, living, living by faith, operating by faith does not mean that trials are not going to happen doesn't mean that you let out the sail and it's going to be smooth sailing at all times. It doesn't mean that uh, the pain, that you're never going to go through pain again in your life. The life, uh, living by faith and operating by faith means that through trials, through pain, through suffering, I trust God. I, I don't maybe fully understand what I'm going through right now, but I do know this. I trust God. And I have faith and what he is doing in my life. I am dependent upon him. No matter the outcome, no matter what everyone else does, no matter who's watching, I want to see God work, and I'm going to live each and every day trusting him, believing him, and following him. I'm going to live by faith. In John chapter 6, the, uh, the disciples asked the questions uh, similar to this. They said, uh, what, what can we do to see the mighty works of God in our life. Like Jesus, Jesus, if, if we want to see God work tremendously in our life, what do we do? And his answer was this, believe. Have faith. Uh, I, there were so many people that someone said, uh, can you do this, Jesus? And he said, if you believe. If you have faith. There's a story I was listening to a message earlier this week. There's a story of the, the he's up on the Mount of Transfiguration with three of his disciples. And the other nine are trying to heal this demon-possessed kid. And they can't. And when he comes back down and uh, talks to them about this, they, they, uh, the first thing he says, he gives a clue to what question they're going to ask later in the passage. Later in the passage, they're going to ask, why couldn't we do it? 
But he gives a clue, he gives them the answer before they even ask the question because right as he gets down there, he looks at them and he says, Oh, faithless generation. Those who don't have faith. That's what you are right now. Later they say, Why couldn't we do it? And he says, You these kind only come by praying and fasting. When you when you thought I we can do this, we've done it before, and then you couldn't, your response was it's impossible. What your response should have been was faith. Lord, we need you. We can't do it. We've tried. We've done all that we can. Lord, we're praying. We're fasting. Would you help us? Your response should have been faith, but instead it was stopping. It was quitting. That's why you couldn't do it. But Jesus, he said, if you have faith, if you believe, that's when you'll see the works of God here in your life. Jesus said, it doesn't take a lot of faith to see God work wonders in your life. He says, faith as small as a grain of mustard seed. I don't know if you know how small that is, but if you have some, some uh, if you have a spice rack in your house, you might have one that's mustard seed. Uh, I grew up with one. I didn't know what a mustard seed was, and then all of a sudden I saw it, and there were hundreds of them in a little container about this small. They're so small. And Jesus says, some, faith as small as a grain of mustard seed. Not even the full mustard seed. A grain of mustard seed. If you just have that little faith, you have faith that can move mountains. Move mountains. It doesn't require a lot of faith to see God do miraculous things in your life, but it does require faith. Our job is to live dependent upon Him. Not just for salvation, but in every area of our life. That we, A lot of times we stop at salvation. We say, I trust God to get me to heaven, His work on the cross, but everything else I got this. And Jesus says, no. But Paul, he says, no. The writer of Hebrews, who I believe was Barnabas, but the writer of Hebrews tells us this. He says, no. That's not, how it That's not how it works. It's not you believe in Jesus, you have faith for salvation, and then for everything else you do it yourself. He says, no. In all of it, he's calling you to do specific things, and you walk in those steps by faith and see him work in your life just as miraculously as he did in your day of salvation, in the day that he saved your soul. And then I love how the writer of Hebrews goes on after these verses. This is the intro verses to what we call the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 has multiple people, all kinds of common individuals. And what got them into that chapter, into the hall of faith, as we call it, it what got them into that chapter wasn't how great they did things. Every single one of them, what does it say? It said, what does it say? It says, by faith, Abel. By faith. Enoch. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. You want to know who else is in there? Who I didn't think would be in there? People like Samson. Talk about small amounts of faith, right? Being able to do great things for God. And he's right in there in the hall of faith. By faith, these people did these things. Not of their own works or what they could do, but by faith. They lived. They lived a life of dependence upon him. Each and one of them made a decision to trust God in their situation. Because living by faith is not just something that brings deliverance in our life at salvation. It's not something that just brings direction to our life in sanctification and walking with the Lord. It's not just a life of dependence, but it ultimately living the life of faith is a decision. It's a decision that needs to be made in our life. And it's not... It's not a one-time decision. It's 
a moment by moment, day by day decision that we have to make. We're not just saved from our sin by faith, but we also must walk through this life by faith. We must each come to the decision that we believe God. We believe God's word. One man said this, living by faith is God speaks and we hear his word and we trust his word and act on it no matter the circumstances or what those consequences may be. The circumstances may be impossible and the consequences frightening or unknown, but we obey God's word just the same and believe him to do what's right and what is best. Listen, this morning, faith is not some feeling that we manufacture in our life. Oh man, I feel close to God, so I have faith. It's not some feeling that we manufacture. It is a response to the word of God. Faith is a response to what God has said to us. Paul, he said to the church at Corinth, he said, we walk by faith, not by sight. Not in just what we can see in front of us. Sometimes it requires to just say, God, you told me to go this way. I don't even see what's ahead, but I'm going that way because you told me to. We walk by faith, not by sight. May we as a church make the decision that we're going to live by faith. God, help us to see what faith in you can really do. What you can do in and through our lives when we just put our faith and trust in you and take each step of this life in faith. No more looking back at the old life. No, no more allowing the devil to stop me from moving forward. No more distractions that are drawing my heart away from God. No, today I choose to live by faith. You say, that sounds so easy, Pastor. Just live by faith, Pastor. Oh, okay, right? And you say, but how? Sometimes it's just so hard to trust. I, I really don't see what's in front of me. How do, I, how do I cultivate a life of faith? How do I get to a point where I actually do walk each step by faith? Well, what's great is the writer of Hebrews tells us a few verses earlier. In this whole passage, he's building up. You need endurance. You're going through these hardships. Jesus, Because you are righteous in God, what he has done in Jesus Christ, here are some things you need to do to build endurance in faith. And he tells us in verses 22 through 24, three things on how we can cultivate this type of endurance and forward movement in our lives through faith. In verse 22, he says this, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He says we draw near to God in full assurance of faith. How do I live by faith? I get to know God. No, it's really easy to trust people that you know really well. The people I trust most are the people I know the most, right? The people that I know, they're not going to share my secrets. Those are the people I trust with my secrets. I know them. I know their character. I know them well. They're my best friends. They're my wife, okay? I, who do I trust more than the person that knows me the most and I know her the most, okay? The people we are close to, it's easy to trust them. Maybe the reason it's hard to trust God is because you don't know him as good as you Maybe you're not as close to him as you need to be. And so it's hard to trust someone that you're not close to. We draw near to God in full assurance of faith. We draw near to him and closer to him. We abide in him. We get into his word. We pray. We develop a relationship with our heavenly father. We draw near to him. In verse 23, he says, we hold fast to, to the profession of our faith. Or the, the profession of our hope, the, the word there that's translated faith is most of the time translated hope. 
and and what it, what he's saying is the profession is just a fancy word for agreement. <laughs> that I agree. Uh, what what I'm going to hold on to all of the things that I've agreed to and that I've agreed with. All the things that scripture has told us that we've agreed to and we believe is true. That Jesus has died for my sins. That he's rose again. That his righteousness has been given to me. And that I will one day live forever in his presence. Hold on to that profession. That profession of faith. That profession of hope. That you, you made that confession. You said, I believe you for salvation, Lord. Hold on to that. Hold on to the hope that that brings for the future. How do I live by faith? I hold on to the confession of the things that I believe to be true in the word of God. They bring me hope. And if I know the hope of the future, it's a little bit easier to take that next step toward the future by faith. We hold, hold fast to the confession, the profession of our faith, to our, the, the profession of our hope. And then he says in verse 24 and 25, he says another way that we get this endurance we find this encouragement to move forward in faith is that we consider to provoke each other to love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. He says, consider provoking other people to love and to good works. Those that you gather with, do it regularly and, and gather together and encourage one another. This is why we gather. This is why we come together on Sunday mornings. This is why we do small groups. This is why we have fellowship times. Why? Because the, the Bible says that it's one of the ways that we gain encouragement. We serve and provoke. That means like prod, poke each other toward what? Love and good works. Most of the time when we think of the word provoke, we think of a bad, a negative thing, right? Like they're just provoking me. They're just... They're annoying, right? They're always getting me angry. They provoke me to anger. They provoke me to... He's saying, no, no, no. With the same intensity and maybe annoyances as those who provoke you to anger and wrath and those things, provoke each other. Get around each other enough. You're going to annoy each other if you're around each other enough, okay? But provoke each other to what? Love and good works. Gather together. Don't forsake gathering together. It's needed so that you might come together and encourage each other to love and to do good works. Why? So that as you are encouraged in that fellowship and in the gathering of believers, as you're provoked, as you're prodded by other people to love and to do good works, you find yourself in a rhythm of doing exactly what God has called me to do. Oh, he called me to do that good work? I did it. Taking a step by faith. Do you see how all three of these things that he, he tells us to do help us to take next steps of faith as we walk with the Lord? Lord calls us to do something. I believe you. I'm close. I'm, I'm close to him. I believe him because of how close. I know his character. I'm close to the Lord. I trust him. He told me to take that step. I'm going to take that step. I trust him. I believe in what he did for me on the cross and what's coming for me in the future. And I'm holding on to that. And as a result, it's helping me to move forward by faith as I go toward the future to spend eternity with him one day. As I gather with other people who have the same hope. And, and have the same uh, view and belief in God's character. As I do that, now I have other people with me provoking me to take steps forward of faith. You see how the writer of Hebrews says, you. It's not just the hall of faith. It's not just these people who had a grand life who can be faithful. It's you taking steps of faith by cultivating a life that has assurance in God and his word and acting upon that. Going forward 
in this life by faith, living by faith. So as a church this year, what are we going to do to implement the theme by faith? How are we going to cultivate how, uh, this life of faith? How are we going to draw near to God and hold fast to our profession and provoke each other to love and good works and gather together? How are we going to do these things to cultivate within us a life that's living by faith? Well, starting next week, we're going to dive into the book of James. And, and the series title is just this, Faith in Action. You look at the book of James, if I had to summarize it in just a few verses, it would be in chapter 1. He says this, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And then later in chapter 2, he says faith. Okay, It's a lot of confusing language if you just read it at first. We're going to go cover it, but he basically just says this. He says faith has an action. Faith will be worked out. Faith is, like I said this morning, not just a I believe it, but it's I'm going to display that belief by doing something. And James tells us that. So starting next week, we're going to dive into that. Later in the year, we're going to go through Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to learn from the examples of faith given in Hebrews chapter 11 and, uh, and study uh, what, what did they place their faith in? What motivated them to place their faith in him? Because really, the strength of our faith is only in the object of our faith. And we're going to see as we go through the, uh, book, uh, uh, the chapter Chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, and we're going to see as we go through there that each and every one of them had their eyes set on one thing, on one person. And as a result, they saw God work in great ways. And we're going to uh, look to eventually, as we get through that, that the whole thought, it's beautiful. If you read chapter 10, verse 38, all the way through chapter 12, verse, I think it's 5 or 6, somewhere around there, the whole idea is this. You live by faith. Look back and see all the people who live by faith and what God did in their life. And just a reminder, you can still live by faith. That's where he says in chapter 12, run your race, looking toward who? Jesus. What does he say? Who does he say Jesus is? The author and finisher of our faith. Live by faith. They did, and you can, as you look to Jesus, as they did. So we're going to look at that later in the year, Hebrews chapter 11. In our small groups, we're going to uh, go through material that helps us grow in our faith by studying what Peter meant when he said, add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. We'll, we'll also grow together by learning how to, uh, as Jude said, contend for the faith. I, I believe no better time than now in the day and age in which we live and the way that our country seems to be going, that we need to know what we believe, why we believe it, what is the what are the essentials of the faith, and how can we stand for them? How can we contend for them? And we're going to look at that this year as we study some core doctrines of the faith in our small groups. We're going to start this year uh, monthly men and ladies Bible studies. We, we want to, uh, in the first ones this, this uh, month, men's Bible study Saturday the 21st. The ladies is the following week on Thursday night uh, on the 26th, January 26th. We're going to uh, just start to gather together more. Because we want to, like the writer of Hebrews said, get together so much the more as we see the coming of Christ drawing closer. We're going to take some time to gather more this year to grow in our faith together. We're going to have days like Serve Sunday in March where we're going to focus on how each and every one of us can use our talents and gifts in the context of our local church. And see, uh, and, and as we see in Hebrews, we should be gathering together to provoke one another to love and good works. How do we do that? We serve and encourage one another. And we'll see that as we look into James even 
uh, in the next few weeks. And of course, one of the primary callings of the Christian is to try to help others come to know Jesus. So we'll be doing outreach this year as we have the years previous where we get the gospel to as many people as we can this year so that they might believe the gospel by faith. And we'll do our community blitzing. We'll have uh, some outreaches during the Apple Blossom Festival and uh, do the uh, Halloween outreach again and some other things throughout the year as we lead up to our friend day and our community Sunday. Why do we do that? Because we, by faith, accepted the greatest gift that has ever been given, Jesus Christ. And we know that so many others out in our community don't know, don't know that relationship, that personal relationship with Christ. And we want to get the gospel to them so that they might receive it by faith. Now, why, why are we doing all these things? Here's why. Because the just, the righteous, those who are in Christ, they live by faith. And living by faith is a, a life of moving forward. See, there, sh there should be a healthy discontent in our lives if we're not doing more now for Christ than we have in the past. There's a healthy discontent if we say, I'm not reaching as many people now as I did, as I have in the past. There's a, there, uh, now, it's not a numbers game. It's not a, well, if I get this many, we know that. Oh, we talked about that all last year, okay? <clears throat> but there should be a healthy discontent in our life when we say, why am I doing less now? than I was back then. Did I draw back a little? Did I draw on the cells, take a little more control of my life? Or am I letting it all out and just trusting the direction that he is? Because I'm telling you, if we trust him, the direction is going forward. It's not holding back. It's moving forward. As Paul said in Philippians 2, looking forward for the prize that we get in a high calling of Jesus Christ. So my challenge for us today is this. What is something that you believe God wants you to do this year that requires living by faith. My challenge uh, is, and, and this will be different for everyone. If I'm, if I'm honest, I, I, as a pastor, my job isn't to say, well, for you it's this, and for you it's this, and, and this, you gotta take this next step. It's, that's not my job. My job is to point you to the Savior who wants to take you into the next steps. But he does want you to take a next step. So pray and ask him what faith steps he wants you to take this year. Maybe this year you need to start giving more by faith. Maybe you haven't been giving at all. You haven't been tithing or giving in any way back to the Lord and to his work. And this year the Lord has for you to start giving or to give more by faith. Maybe your step is to get into the Bible more. Study this book that God's given to you in order that, you, that, that he might help direct your steps. You've been walking aimlessly because you try to figure everything out in your own wisdom and strength. And this year... You need to live by faith. Trust what God has said about uh, 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 what God has said about His Word, and that it will help mold you and shape you into the image of Jesus. That it will guide and direct your life and tell you where you need to go. Maybe this year your faith step is to begin trusting what God says about His Word and what it can do in your life, and you spend more time in the Scriptures. Maybe God's calling you to witness to more people this year, to invite more people to church this year. Maybe you've never invited someone to church or never shared your faith with anybody. And God is calling you to trust his promise that he's with you as you witness, that he empowers you as your witness. And this year, maybe your faith step is I'm going to witness for Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been holding back on serving and getting involved. And here at Ridgepoint, you sit here and uh, week in and week out, you soak in everything, you, but you haven't ever put yourself out there and truly served in any capacity. Or maybe you have, and God's calling you to serve in more ways. There will be plenty of opportunities 
this year to serve. And maybe this year God is calling you to step out by faith and to serve people, to, to serve your church or to serve your community. But there's many ways that this can be applied. And it's going to be different in each one of our lives. But my friends, whatever that step is, I invite you, trust God. Live by faith. Take him at his word and follow through with what his word says. So let's determine this year, we're just going to live by faith. Thank you so much for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. For more information about our ministry, check out our website at wenatchechurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, hit the share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media, and tag us at Wenatchee Church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.